All right. So first we're going to talk about the poo-poo team of the week. We had a couple of candidates. Um, Admittedly, this week there weren't as many great candidates. In past weeks there have been a lot, so there was kind of a little bit of debate. Um, So the honorable mention poo-poo team of the week is uh, North Carolina because they blew the two-point conversion against Clemson to pull off what could have been the upset of this of the decade. Right. Um, Cause an, a ranked or the number one ranked team in the AP has not lost to an unranked team since like 2008. Wow. And so it would have been the first time. So it would have been legitimately like maybe the upset of the decade. So I, I want to clarify, you have no problem with him going for two there, right? Oh, yeah, no, he totally should have gone for two. Yeah, okay. that, that was the right call. It was just the play call that he ran yeah, and trying how to go, it was executed. Uh, trying to go horizontal versus Clemson doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Yeah, and I love how even like with how it's kind of like a lazy option and it's still like he fumbled it and almost like the running back kind of made a play at it, but yeah. ran into his own player that kept him out of the end zone. Like, yeah, it's just it was like, ugly. Yeah, it was ugly is a good word for it. It was just, it's like, oh, they might be, nope. That was, yeah, I didn't like the play call at all. Yeah. And I think, like, the big thing is you would think that somewhere in your playbook is like, all right, here's our trick play for when we need to pull a big play. Nope, nothing. You would think. You would think you would have one for that exact, exact situation. Or at least, like, a a good two point conversion play like as simple as that. Yeah. Not just like, Oh, we're just going to run an option to the right. Yeah. So that was dumb, but they were not nominee officially nominated for poo poo team of the week. The nominees are Maryland, Cal, Georgia tech and Nebraska. So just to run through real quick, why? So Maryland, got blown out 59 to 0 to Penn State. But it's not just the fact that they got blown out 59 to 0. It's the fact that they canceled class on Friday for this Friday night primetime game so that more people would go to class or go to the game. It was like one of their few sold out games that they've had in the last little while. It was everything was hyping up this game and they lost 59 to 0. Man. It was terrible. Yeah, I would. (laughs) Absolutely. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, The number two was Cal. Um, They were the last undefeated Pac-12 team. They were the top-ranked Pac-12 team. They were arguably the Pac-12's shot at the playoff, and it was a long shot anyway. And they lost to a unranked Arizona State team at home, 24-17. That was pretty sad. It's again, like I said earlier, the uh, pack for poo poo team of the week wasn't super strong this week. Right. Uh, it should be said Arizona State did beat Michigan State. Not that Michigan State is very good this year. Yeah, they're. I but, think like Arizona State, Cal, and Michigan State are all borderline top twenty-five. But that's about right. It. Right. Yeah. So like, they're not. Let's 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 be clear. They're not a complete garbage team. When you say unranked yeah. team, they're just like. Yeah, but probably Not, like 28 to 33, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Um, the next one is Georgia Tech. 
who <laughs> lost to Temple 24-2. to Yes, they got a safety on Temple, and that is all that they got. <laughs> so their, their offense was completely shut down. Yeah. Shut out is the word I was looking for. They shut got out. completely – well, shut down too, yeah. Well, yeah, both, but – it was ugly. And it's not even like Temple is like a well-respected team right no. now. No, they're not. It's That's that's sad. Georgia Tech is really making an argument for Poo Poo Team of the Year. Yeah, they're making uh, their campaign. Yeah, there's their second time being nominated. It's ugly. It's real bad. Um, and the next team and final team is Nebraska, who got murdered by Ohio State at home. Um, Nebraska, Ohio State was the game day game of the week, you know, so game day was at, right. uh, Lincoln. Uh, the big reason was they lost 48 to seven and it wasn't until the third quarter. Well, it wasn't until the third quarter that they scored, but a little thing. I don't know if you know about Nebraska's red balloon tradition. No. Have you ever heard about that? So it's tradition that that Nebraska has that they all hold red balloons. And as soon as Nebraska scores the first touchdown of the game, everyone lets the red balloons go. This has had a little debate around it recently because there's the whole environmental releasing 100,000 red balloons. Not really great. And so they've had different debate earlier this year. They voted on it again and this, and it narrowly passed to where they said, yes, we will still have a hundred thousand red balloons that we'll release on our first touchdown. Well, at halftime, Nebraska was held scoreless. (laughs) (laughs) So as the second quarter was wrapping up and throughout halftime and the start of the third quarter, you just started to see little red balloons float around. <laughs> and the other great part of it was there were like old men, like grumpy old men that were just pissed off that their team was losing, but they're still holding on to this little red balloon. Oh, how cute. <laughs> and then finally they scored and uh, they let go of their red balloons and they lost. And yeah, so they scored the third quarter and they lost 48 to seven to seven. So oh, geez. At least Ohio State let them let go of their red balloons. Yeah, because that would have been hilarious if they had waited the whole game just holding these red balloons. Because what do you do when you lose? You you let go of the balloons when you get shut out the whole game? Or do you take the balloon home? Do you have to wait and bring it to the next game? Tie it to the chair and leave it. That's probably what I would have done. It's so sad. That's just so sad. Yeah, that is pretty sad. Yeah, so... uh, who who would be your poo poo team of the week with all of that? Um, you know, I I was I was leaning towards Maryland mm-hmm. because the whole you know huge game canceling class and then get shut out by not a bad team, but also like but not a top team. Yeah, not like a top five ten team. Yeah. All right. I guess some people might have Penn State in their top 10, but like, not like, but the whole red balloon thing, I, I might have to, I might have to make it Nebraska because not only do you get, I mean, you should get beat by Ohio State, mm-hmm. 
but you shouldn't get dumpstered that bad if you're Nebraska. You're not a bad school. You're not a bad program. Yeah. So our Twitter poll, our Twitter poll had it where Maryland won our Twitter poll. Nebraska was second. Cal didn't get any votes, understandably. Right. And then uh, Georgia Tech got got a handful. And I think Eileen Maryland, but I definitely agree that. The red balloon thing really changes it. Yeah, that's the red doing. balloon thing is the worst. <laughs> I really wish they had got gotten shut out that whole game. That would have just been fantastic. Yeah, the best was just the shots of the red balloons just kind of floating through <laughs> right. the screen every once in a while. Just because somebody was, just was like, "All right, I'm done." Yeah, I'm, I'm not just, holding oh, this oh. anymore. Yeah, and I imagine it was like some little kid that just like, "Well, there goes my balloon," and the kid was probably pissed that they lost their balloon. But, yeah, it was pretty bad. So I think Nebraska is our poo-poo team of the week just because of the red balloon tradition. It it really is great. Um, so a couple other games I wanted to talk about real quick was Utah versus Wazoo. Uh, holy shit, Utah looks good. Yeah. That was the Utah team that we expected to see against USC. Yeah, it was. And they weren't there. No. It was Wow. Um, so Huntley right now, Tyler Huntley, the Utah quarterback has like the eighth ranked passer rating in college football. Wow. He has seven touchdowns and no interceptions. He's just been killing it. Like he has looked so good. Uh, we've been a little critical of him for like not really going deep and little stuff, but honestly, I, there's really nothing that I can look at and say he hasn't done well. Right, he's he's been incredible. A lot of times, it's efficient enough where it's not like the uh, the plays aren't like blow out huge plays all the time. But he's getting what he needs, and that's all that you need. It, like he's looked good, especially without Moss to beat a Wazoo team like that. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without Moss, it's just that's what that, that that's what really made that win for me. Like that's yeah. that's impressive that your top player is out and you still dumpster team yep. Huntley then, to uh, me is just the college version of Dak Prescott yeah, yeah I kind of agree with that I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit later I think he's a little bit underrated I like I, some people might think that's an insult yeah but when you're efficient you're not turning over the ball and you're you're making good passes if that's what your team needs that I mean I would say 90% of coaches would like with their schemes, that's all they would ever ask for is yeah. you're not throwing interceptions. You're making plays for first downs. Maybe not much than a first down, but you're getting us first downs. Yeah, that's all you need. We're happy with it. If you're driving yep. downfield, getting first downs, not to go in the ball away. It's good yep. enough. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, so Utah looks good. Makes the Utah makes the USC loss really sting. Yeah. Because it's just this whole idea of like, well, that game against Wazoo could have been the uh, game day, like college game day. It could have been in Salt Lake. And this should have been, you know, one of the last tests with the exception of, of Washington. And now Cal is looking good. But now it's still just like, well, one loss. You're basically out of the playoff. Sorry. Yeah. So that's, I think that Slovis injury is really what killed it because you could tell by it. Uh, their game plan was to load the box, play man-to-man, and force mm-hmm. them to beat you over top. Slovis was not going to f- beat them over top. 
Fink, yep. beat them over top. Well, and the problem is, so I, I kind of agree with the idea that BYU played USC perfectly, and then Washington turned around and played USC perfectly as well because they only sent three men, and then every single down they dropped eight in coverage. Right. And said, okay, you don't even, we're not even going to let you beat us over the top. You have to run it on us. Yeah, and their, their and that, run game wasn't great in either of those games. It schooled them. And, but Utah tried to say, we're going to stop the run, and we're going to beat you one-on-one on the pass, and that that's where they got schooled. I don't think you can cover Pittman one-on-one. No. Like, he's he's too good. He's too good. I yep. don't. The, they should have dropped eight. I think that that was a defensive issue that should have been corrected at least at halftime. But Yeah, for sure. It sucks. Um, so the next game was the Southwest Classic, Texas A&M versus Arkansas. <laughs> and it was the competition to see who could be more ass. Um, both teams looked so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a pretty... And it's not even like Arkansas looked worse than normal. It's just that Texas A&M was like, yep, we're also terrible, apparently. That's yep. where we're at. So They're that was pretty good. That was pretty ugly. Um, and it really sucks because it's like A&M has lost to two really like top 10 teams and beaten two trash teams. And so this was like the opportunity to be like, well, at least they're better than the bad middle of the road. Right. No, not much. They're, they're middle of the road right now. And that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, no longer the best team in Texas. Uh, yeah, probably not. No, Texas is, is probably going to be, have a better year. Um, SMU is a better team right now too. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. A hundred percent. Um, then, uh, Virginia versus Notre Dame. I was really impressed with Virginia, how they showed up. Um, I, I thought it would be pretty close, uh, just cause what I was expecting of Virginia and Virginia met my expectations. They looked good. Notre Dame did what they needed to. They came back after a loss to, to Georgia. I was impressed by both teams. Both looked good. Yeah, it was a good game. Yep. Um, the, Nearly poo-poo team of the week um, also was Pitt because they were hella close to losing to Delaware, who is an <laughs> FCS team. They beat them 17-14 to 14 at home, oh, Pitt. which was was real sad. Real, Each real sad. Pitt. Each Pitt. Yeah. Um, and then uh, an important thing to talk about is so State Bill 206 for California yeah. uh, has been signed. In fact, the governor of California signed it on LeBron James's like web TV show thing, <laughs> right? And so it's now 2023, state of California. Uh, they have colleges can't keep kids from signing endorsements or uh, having agents or anything. So, so the biggest news is if we can get all 50 states to sign this. Uh-huh. NCAA video games oh, yeah. can come back. They'll be back real quick. That's yeah. the biggest news. I don't care about That's these the kids getting part. paid. They don't deserve no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, we all want My them video games. They're getting paid under the table the same anyway. So yeah. it's not like the money's changing. <laughs> at least at the, the major con- the universities, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody's getting paid. Right. But yeah, so the crazy thing is, so Florida is pushing this bill right now too, 
And Florida, if it passes, and it probably would be like in February that they would sign it, uh-huh. they would give every single school 90 days to prepare. So Holy this God. wouldn't even be 2023. This would be 2020 Oh my God. that they would have agents and everything in California. That's crazy. That would be so wild. That's going to be a cluster. Yeah. Gonna it's going to be insane. And like North Carolina has already passed stuff or is working on stuff. Um, New York's working on it. Pennsylvania's working on it. Like Finally. it's all over. It's going to be, it's going to be a bunch. And so it's going to be really interesting because there are going to be states that I think are going to hold out just for the idea of purity of right. like, oh, well, we don't pay our players. I mean, that's what the Big Ten has done forever is like everyone else is terrible. We we don't cheat when, yeah, they're cheating the same. They just do it under the table and, and don't course. talk about it. Um, But yeah, so if that happens and it could be where like the state of Alabama, the state of Texas, like Ohio, Michigan, like let's say like Utah, Idaho – like don't pass this bill it could be one where the ncaa is just like all right well here are the teams that are eligible for a national championship Uh, according to all of this utah state is fourth in the nation for (laughs) best odds to win the title yeah it could be and it'd just be wild on how petty they want to be yeah it'd be like toledo is going to be number five and all bowling green is up there it's like it could get so crazy which would be awesome it would be so cool i'm all for the Uh, chaos yeah and especially because it would screw over alabama and like these big schools because all the good players are gonna leave are gonna leave they're gonna go where they can be paid over the table and not lose eligibility and all this stuff they'll just be like whatever right and so it opens for a good argument um this bill is probably a good thing for college sports we really don't know we don't know how it's going to change everything but i think it's going to be a good thing i think it's going to work out well i think the players should be paid and i think they should be played paid over the table like yeah so like no matter what happens they deserve the money and so let's make it legal yep and the biggest thing here is it's not even like the schools are paying with this like with right. this bill, it is against the rules for a school to pay a player to sign a national letter of intent, and it's against the rules for these for the schools to pay the players directly. They're not payrolled employees. It's just the fact that they can own their own likeness, that they can go anywhere and be themselves. Like I heard one that I really like. Players can go back to their hometown and run a camp and be like, you know, Jordan Love, for example, can go back to California and be like, okay, this is the um, uh, Jordan Love passer camp. Right. And he can have it under his name while he's in college, which I think is a perfectly fine thing to do. That's stupid to not allow players to do that. Absolutely. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so I think that's a really good – I think it will be a good thing. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays, but it'll be good. Um, and then I have a couple of different games that I wanted to preview. Um, the first game is Utah state is going to number five LSU. Uh, it's a Saturday morning game. Uh, LSU is favored 
the line opened at 24 and last time I checked it has moved to LSU being favored by 28. Wow. Um, so people are expecting a big blowout there. Um, I'm expecting a big blowout there. I if am they too. play like how they did at Colorado state anyway, or against yeah. Colorado state. Well, it probably won't be raining. So that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that should help. But, uh, it's, but it's, the, uh, they did not play well. So it yeah, could get ugly. real ugly. It could get bad. Um, so this is like a little throwback. So Alex and I both went to Utah State. And years ago, we were at a Utah State-Colorado State game that it was just pouring rain. Right. And I didn't realize it was a Colorado State game. I had forgotten about this. Where we they like emptied out the stadium for lightning but because of the, the sound system. We were in the student section. We didn't even know that we were supposed to leave. We're just like, why is halftime so long? Yeah, they they apparently made an announcement, but our sound system was so shit at the time that nobody in the student section actually heard it. So at the upper stadium cleared, but the student section, most of the people stayed. Eventually yeah. we got news, though, hey, there's a lightning warning. They won't be out here for at least half an hour. Yeah. And at that and point, we just we stayed just, out there. Just yeah. stayed out there. It's like, and it's like, well, this sucks. But it was funny because... Uh, I remember it was like a whiteout game or something. Oh yeah, and we're all cuddled together, just trying to to stay warm and dry with all of this. Was um, it you that lied across our laps? I was the blanket. Yeah, I was everyone's blanket. blanket. I just lied across everyone's lap. That was, that was a great game. That was a good one. That was because yeah, I was thinking about that one with the Colorado State because it rained the whole game. It was super bad rain. I was like, yeah, this is like the same thing. It was pretty funny. And we kicked their ass. Yep. Yep. So it was good. Um, but no, so Utah State, the stat that I found that is giving me so much false hope against LSU, just way too much false hope against <laughs> LSU, is at Power 5 schools, with the exception of Gary Anderson's first game, which was at Utah, Right. Gary Anderson has never lost to a Power 5 team on the road at Utah State by uh, more than eight. Really? Yep. Wow. So 2009 was his first year at Utah State. They went to Utah and lost by like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. Um, the next game, they went to Texas A&M wow. and lost by eight. Then the next year, 2010, they went to number seven, Oklahoma, and I I didn't see the stat, but I believe it was a three-point game. Oklahoma Jeez. only beat them by three. The next year was when Utah State played uh, the Auburn team that was oh, coming yeah. off a national championship, was up by 10 with two minutes left in the game and blew it and lost. Right. Uh, 2012 was the loss to Wisconsin, which was a ranked Wisconsin team at Wisconsin lost on a last second field goal that should have gone in. And then earlier this year with Gary Anderson, again, um, lost to wake Forest by three. Right. So that's the stat that makes me think maybe it's close. Maybe it can be close. But the other thing with it is on all of those games with the exception of the Texas, well, no, why Wisconsin too. Most of them have been the first game of the year. Oh, okay. And so there's a little bit less film for the Power 5 school to have on Utah State. And Utah State's a little healthier. Right. Right now, Utah State's a little banged up. 
and so there's a little bit of a question. But I have some false hope brewing in me, and I know LSU is going to kill us. But there's just that little bit that's just like, well, I don't know. Gary plays those Power Five schools real close. Yeah, it could plays be a close game. Close. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be a thirty or forty point blowout. I don't think it's going to be a, a pretty game to watch. But who knows if they can step it up and play like they did. Well, even last yep. year, I guess. I don't know yeah. that they've really convinced me this year that they can be competitive with LSU. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not sure that they will be. The the little things that you can grasp onto is so right now Utah State's defense according to advanced Adal- analytics is number 33 in the country and okay. LSU's is number 35. Okay, well. So you look at that and say, "Okay, so this isn't like an incredible and like I think uh San Diego State is like number forty five or something. Okay. And so you say, okay, so it's it's a better defense, obviously. It's a faster, stronger defense. But uh LSU's coach himself, um, Ed Ogergone, he said, and I'm gonna try and do an impression here. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've heard him. I have. But I'm I not love, sure I love him. I'm He's not my sure favorite, how good one of my favorite college be. coaches to listen to. Um, but he he was talking about how Utah State got one of the fastest teams in the country. I don't think we've been playing teams as fast as they are. They they we haven't played a team as fast as them, and that includes Missouri. So that was my best Argonon impression, and it really turned into kind of Farmer Fran from the Water. Yeah, Waterboy. it wasn't great. It wasn't the best, but that was my attempt at it. I yeah, thought I it enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, but yeah, so he talked about how he, they don't play teams that, that run offenses as fast as Utah State does. And so that's a that's a change. Um, the next game is uh, number 14, Iowa, going to number 19, Michigan. I don't have that much to say on this other than Michigan is kind of disappointed and Iowa has looked pretty good this year. Yeah, um, I expect Michigan to technically pull off the upset as the lower-ranked team. But um, What's I think Michigan will. The spread, Michigan's favored by three and a half, according okay. to the spread. That's what so, I thought. That's, yeah, that's right around favorite. where I'd put it. I'd put Michigan just barely favored. I might even – I guess it is college, so three is pretty good. I'd think more like one or two. but Yeah. I yeah. mean, the uh, home field is two and a half. So Right. That's true. That's true. It's the idea that Iowa would be favored probably by two at home. But I don't know. It, it gets – weird um i i expect michigan to pull it off but i think it'll be close it'll be a good game um the next game um and i think this will be the best game of the week is number seven auburn at number 10 florida that's going to be a really good game that's going to be super interesting um i think auburn is i think there's eight teams in the country right now who are really really good and I think there's a bunch of other teams who are good. I think Auburn's in that list. I don't think Florida's in that list right now. Right. Um, and so even going to Florida, uh, the swamp is one of the toughest environments in the country. Auburn's favored by three. And I agree with that. Yeah, um, they're really good. Auburn looks good. I expect Auburn to to go to Florida and pull off, pull off a, a good road win. Yeah, so. I've been impressed by Auburn so far this year. I honestly think... If they weren't in the division they were in, they would probably be fighting for a playoff spot this year. But I just yeah. think it's going to be hard with Alabama, LSU, and Georgia all trying to take that spot from the SEC. And even if you get two of those teams, yep, 
like it's gonna be hard it's, so yeah i think it's uh it's rough but you never know with uh odd year auburn yeah odd, odd year, year auburn. auburn is a weird thing yeah it's a weird weird thing uh so the next game is number 25 michigan state at number four ohio state and ohio state is favored by 20 i think which, that's might be a little yeah. generous to michigan state I think it is too. I think uh, I think Ohio State's going to kill them. Like I said earlier, there are about eight teams in the country that are really, really good, yeah. and I'm having a hard time differentiating between these teams yeah, of sure. who I think is better. And Ohio State's in that list. Michigan State's not even close. No, um, no, they're not. They're going to murder them. It's yeah, going to be it's going to be bad. I don't think they should be ranked. I honestly think I don't know if either Michigan team should be ranked right now, but definitely yep. not Michigan State. Uh, I have a question for you then. Okay. Is Clemson number one on your on your rankings right now? No. Who's your number one? Uh, number one is Bama. Okay. So I'll I'll read you my top twenty five real quick. I have them okay. here ready. Uh, so number one is Bama. Number two is Georgia. Number three is LSU. Number <laughs> four is Wisconsin. Number five is Ohio State. Number six is Oklahoma. Number seven is Clemson. Wow. Number eight is Auburn. Number nine is Penn State. And number 10 is Florida. Okay. Okay. That's so I was before, before this week, I I was going to ask you last week, but we kind of went a little bit long. If you would still put Clemson at number one, if like you just took it this year, because so far this year, like, I mean, obviously they, they belong in that top eight group. I don't think they've been a top, the top number one team in the nation so far this year. I, I think yep. Trevor no. Lawrence is fantastic as he is. I think he's regressed a little bit this year. I, I think yep. they lost a little bit too much on their defense this year to the NFL. Um, yep. So I yeah, like your rankings. I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting. I really, I sat for a while with these rankings and was trying to, to figure out with those eight teams who I think is better than who and who has better wins and whose resume is better right now. Um, and also just a big part of the gut check feeling, you yeah. know? Yeah. Cause at this point, like we're just barely getting into conference play. So like most of these teams have, haven't actually played challenging games yep. to the point where you can be like, they're clearly better. Yep. And that, yeah, it's, it's, it's what week five. Weeks, uh, coming, week, six. week six coming up, I week, mean. Coming into week six, yep. And so it's the whole idea of like, I think Bama is still the best. I haven't seen anything to tell me otherwise. Yeah, for sure. Georgia they're... has that good win over Notre Dame. LSU has that good win over Texas. Wisconsin has that really good win over Michigan. Yeah. Ohio State had that really good win over Nebraska. Um, Oklahoma has looked like the best offense in the country, and they yeah. have a good defense. And Clemson has looked good, but maybe not as good. I don't know. It's it's so hard. Yeah. And then and that, Auburn has been has looked great. I haven't seen much to to question Auburn either. So yeah. it gets tough. The, the problem is, is, who does Clemson play that's really going to give us a gauge until yep. maybe the playoffs? Exactly. Like they don't. There's that maybe Wake Forest ends up being good enough that it's respectable i mean because if wake forest's only losses to clemson or they're undefeated going to clemson right 
maybe that's enough that people say, wow, yeah, number 15 ranked Wake. That's good. Yeah, at least I don't they... know if that's enough really to test him, though. No. And I, 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 yeah, I, I'm really curious if how things play out, if, if that's how mm-hmm. things go at the end of the year. Because, like, Clemson, if you go off resume from the past two years, mm-hmm. you kind of push them into the playoff because it's like, oh, yeah. They've been national champions. Like, they have to be yeah. in there. But then yeah, it's also good. like, yeah. if you take just this year, just this have year, they which really been a top four to team? Yeah. Which, yeah, I agree. I think you have to take into account just this year. You can't look, well, they've been national champions the past two years. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes, uh, it, it, makes it super tough. But yeah, so that top eight, I really am I'm wondering, it's going to be a little bit, I think, until we see a little bit more clarity on who belongs there. But the other thing is, if Florida wins this week against Auburn, cool. Auburn's not part of that top eight. Florida is, though. So how do we know who's better? Like, yeah. we just have somebody new popping in. And that's yeah. that's what makes it crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it should be it, – it'll be good. This is what I like about college football is there's this really good debate of who belongs, who's that top four. Um, and every game can throw you out of the playoffs. And that's what's so wild. That's that's this is what I love about it. So, yeah. uh, the last game I want to talk about is the most interesting game of the week, probably the most influential game of the week, um, probably the game that everyone's going to have on their TV. Uh, it'll answer the most questions that any of us have, um, and the predominant question is, who is the most ass in the Mountain West? Um, New Mexico <laughs> will be playing at San Jose State. Oh dear. Um, I, I think San Jose State pulls this off. I mean, they, I, they've looked better. They have looked better. New Mexico has looked real bad. Yes. Um, have. like one of New Mexico's only wins is a shootout against a winless New Mexico State, who's one of the worst <laughs> teams in the country. Um, San, I mean, not that San Jose State's that good, but. At least they have you a got respectable a win. Yeah, yeah, like they can they can do it. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Yeah, but. I won't be watching that game, but we'll see. Oh, really? Happens. Yeah, no, Should it's not on my be. on my resume to watch this week. I think that there there was a debate of having that be the college game day game. I think I didn't. I wasn't in the room when they talked about it. It had to be right. It had to be brought up at least. I mean, I understand why they're going to Florida for the Auburn game. <laughs> Yeah, but, I, I guess. Like, I can see the argument that Florida yeah. Auburn. They're, I mean, they're both top ten teams. Like, I guess you have to, you have to, right? After, like, I think that's what try. it came, they came down to. It's like, yeah. well, we have a top ten team, and then or two top ten teams, and then we have two yeah. bottom ten teams. I oh. think, I think we have to go to the top ten teams. Yeah, it was a close but, one though. It was close. I would love to see game day in. <laughs> At San Jose I'd State. love if they win, and it was just with the whole premise that like these two teams suck so bad. <laughs> like not th- not even that they try and hype up the game, right? They just like, like this bring game on is going to be the worst game we've yeah. watched, the worst game day of all time. Yeah, they just bring on people, and they're just like the loser of this of this game is probably the worst team in the nation. Do you think you're that worst team in the nation? They're, 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 yeah, I think we're the worst team in the nation. <laughs> we'll find out. You yeah, think you're the worst be, FBS team in the nation? 
Yeah. Yes. So. Yes, we are. My my no, my team is the worst in the nation. I know that so and so doesn't have any wins, <laughs> and we only have one win. But I think if you look at strength of schedule, you can tell that we're the worst team in the nation. Our only wins over an FCS team. Yeah, it was not close. Or it was very that's, close. That's a that's a disrespectful win. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's all I got for this week. All right. Um, so we talked about this before, but I have to go back to officiating. I have to go back to reviewing off, or pass interference because this week we had one of the worst no, no overturns of the season thus far. I just feel like they're not overturning anything. I think that's really I, what it's going to I, like, I, It I, feels like every time there's anything that's questionable or even like clear – they just aren't overturning anything. Yeah, so I honestly think at this point Al Riveron is, you know, just trying to um, boycott this rule. Like, I think he just hates this rule because that's the only thing that makes sense. If you watch this play, like, the dude's hand barely touches the back of his jersey. Like, there's no push-off. You, there's there, I, 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 They have to hate the fact that, like, Dean Blandino and Mike Pereira are on these games because every single time one of these is reviewed, or not every time, about 60 to 70% of the time, Dean or Mike will be like, well, in my eyes, this is clearly pass interference. I think they're going to come back and say this is pass interference. And then they come back, and it's like, the play stands. And, you're, and they're like, oh, well, uh, we're not sure what they're seeing on this one, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess they I guess they saw this, and they have to like try their best to yeah. like justify why they're not. And it's like... No, dude, just say it. They're, just they're, say they're it. clearly. That's a bad call. Yeah, it's bad. So either, th- th- yeah, there, there has to be some at some point saying, we don't like this, or so we're just gonna make this as awful as possible. Because mm-hmm. some of the ones that they did overturn, it's like, how did you overturn that one? Like, there's one, I think it was the Eagles Falcons game, where it's mm-hmm. like, how is that pass interference? But these ones aren't. It, it doesn't make sense. So something's going on with the pass interference. Either they're just idiots, which I don't think they are, or oh, they're, never know. they're, you know, we've seen some things that they would point to the fact that they're idiots. Um, but I would hope that somebody who's the head of officiating, who's making these rules, is smart. He's just trying to make a statement. Um, yeah. So... Honestly, at this point, if I'm a coach, unless it's as clear as the freaking... Well, even as clear as the NFC Championship one, I think going the opposite way, this one wasn't like that bad. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's as clear as that one. Yeah. Where it's like, everybody, literally the, everybody, the, shot is clear. the Bengals yeah. fans, the Steelers fans, the commentators, my mom, all yeah. watched this and were like, how the hell... Is that still pass interference? Yep. So, um, if I'm a coach, I'm probably not throwing a flag for pass inter- or a challenge flag for pass interference at this point. Like, it's just a waste of a challenge and a waste of a timeout. Like, yeah, there was not- one. There was one on Sunday that I can't remember what game it was. That, but there was one that was should have been a pass interference. It was pretty clear, and the the coach just didn't challenge it. And I was texting somebody and they were like how do you not challenge that like that's the most blatant one and i was just like well because 
because you don't what's want to, to believe that they're going to change it yeah they haven't changed it, it so far why would you yeah. waste a challenge so I, I i honestly think in the coming weeks we'll see that adjustment from some coaches where you they're unless it's like holy crap how did you miss that bad they're just yeah. not going to throw it because the officials are clearly not overturning in this god yep. himself points out that his pass interference yep um but what they are doing is punishing players who are dirty as hell also known as Avante's perfect they finally suspended this guy for a full year because he is the dirtiest player in the nfl every year um this hit i don't know if you watched it um but like the colts player is on the ground and oh yeah! Like yes, he can get he yeah. can get up and play. So you you have to make a play on him. All you had to do was touch him. Yeah. All you had to do was touch him, not lower your helmet and just murder this guy trying to dive his into head his off. head like helmet to helmet. Yeah. That's my big thing. Is like I get the whole like, well, he's not down, so I I need to make sure he's down. Yeah. Don't helmet to helmet is not necessary yeah. at all in that. If situation. he had if he had just tackled him really hard going yeah. into his chest. Like, it would have been dirty still, but at least mm-hmm. it's like you're not trying to end this guy's career, yeah. right? Like, you're not trying to kill this guy's head. Um, mm-hmm. Another one that a lot of people had an issue with this week was in the Patriots-Buffalo game, um, the one on Josh Allen. I didn't mm-hmm. think this one was as bad as other people seem to think. Um, so Josh Allen, one, is running. Um, two, the player... Doesn't I didn't see a launch. Some but some people told me there's a launch. I didn't see a clear launch. He's like sitting there waiting for Josh Allen to come to him. Yeah. And Josh Allen lowers his helmet and then mm-hmm. they hit helmet to helmet and Josh Allen goes down. Like went down with an injury. Yeah. Like and he's out for a game and I think that's why people are like, Oh, they hit helmet to helmet and Josh Allen went out for the game. It must be. It's like he was in position, he has every right to be there. Like, yeah. He could. Well, you can't. You can't force a defensive player to move out of the way. Is what is yeah. my thing. Like, yep. yes, if you're going in for a tackle, you have to make sure you're not going towards their helmet. Mm-hmm. But if you are standing strong, and they run into you, that's just as much Josh Allen's issue as it mm-hmm. is yours. It's yep. more Josh Allen, honestly. Um, yep. So, well, I'm, and then there was one angle that I don't know if you saw the angle from behind. Because the angle from in front of Josh Allen was really bad, but that or like it it looked very like helmet to helmet. When right. you look at the angle from kind of behind above, it really does look like the Patriots player led with his shoulder for the most yeah, part. He did, yeah, for sure. It's just that, yeah, Josh Allen the way he was running led that into it being mostly helmet to helmet. Yeah, and like part of me is wondering, was he trying to get an extra fifteen yards there? Like, yeah. Which is dumb. That's yeah. not yeah. that's not the way to draw fouls. No, especially not as a QB. Like this isn't the NBA. You shouldn't be trying to draw fouls by sacrificing your body like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't think that one was bad. Uh, it looked bad, and I hate the fact that Josh Allen went out because that was a close game, and they weren't gonna win with without Josh Allen. They probably weren't gonna win with Josh Allen. The Patriots defense is just too damn good. Um, mm-hmm. but they made it close, and they were they had a chance and. Him yep. going out killed that chance. So, yep. um, the dirtiest hit of the week, though, the dirtiest hit was from Donovan Smith of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on okay. Marcus Peters. Um, oh, really? 
I don't know if you saw this hit. So this was an ugly game. Um, I mean, it was, I, we were texting about it a little bit where it was, uh, the, the Rams looked pretty bad early and then managed to come back, but, but not quite. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, but, um, so we were on our way back again. So we like made uh-huh. a comeback, made it like seven points and they brought it to 14 and then we brought it. Um, Jameis Winston throws a pick. Marcus Peter runs it back. And as he's going into the end zone, um, uh, Donovan Smith, who is an offensive tackle, who looks like he's two to three times Marcus Peter's size, runs full speed lowers his helmet and launches into Marcus Peters. I am shocked the dude got up. And I think mm-hmm. part of it was because the teammates helped him up because uh, yeah. I think, I think they were their thought process. I honestly think their thought process was we need to have defense in this game. And, uh, we really want you in this game. So yeah. if, maybe if we get you up quick, people won't realize that you just took one of the nastiest hits I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you, and they won't take you out of this game. Because he definitely left the game because his head snapped yeah. back. It was it was a disgusting hit. Yeah, it, I I can't. There's still no as of Tuesday. There's no fines or suspension for this guy. Mm-hmm. I guarantee there'll be a fine for this. If he's not mm. suspended for at least a game, though, I I think that's a huge, huge bad PR move for the NFL. Like I'm not I'm not lying when I say this is one of the ugliest hits I have ever seen in the game of football. Mm. Like he clearly was frustrated that he just picked off Jameis Winston and was making a comeback mm-hmm. and just took it out on Marcus Peters head. Yeah. So maybe I, there's a little bit of Rams bias in there. Let's, let's make <laughs> that clear. Yeah. But I don't like, it was a disgusting hit. Like, yeah. Um, the Browns though, the Browns hey. looked good. Yeah. The, the, that's the, the Browns team that's going to the Super Bowl. Honestly, if they played like that against every team, they could they'd make have a, a shot. They'd have a, they'd shot. have a shot. They'd have a yeah. shot. I think if they play like that, they have a shot against every single team. Yep. Honestly. Um, the big thing in this game was Chubb. Now, obviously, yeah. I left Chubb on my bench this week in fantasy football for mm-hmm. him to put up 40 points. Um, yeah. But dude looked great. He hit. He hit the hot, the fastest speed this week of of the whole season in his 88 yard run. It was like 21.9 miles per hour. Dude's fast as hell. And Shifty Baker as hell. hit his fastest speed going to celebrate with him. It oh, was yeah. like 19.7 miles an hour. Oh, did he really? Yeah, <laughs> that's was. hilarious. And I used to. I love that about Mayfield. I there's not a whole lot of things besides his mustache that I love about Mayfield. Yeah. But just the way he like runs to his players when they score and like celebrates them. I he's really excited. Like it. Yeah. He, he he loves winning and yeah. scoring and, and all of that. So yeah. he he gets excited for everybody. Yeah. So he's he's just really fun to watch in those situations. Um, yeah. Mayfield in this game looked pretty dang good he's but facing good. a yeah. baltimore defense that hasn't been as great as we expected starting the season but there's mm-hmm. still a formidable defense and he put up some numbers he looked good um kitchens 
seemed to go back to the play calling that they had last year when they were, you know, getting all this hype. So who knows? Like if they, again, if they can keep this up, if they, I think that it starts with Chubb. I think they mm-hmm. need to get the run game going in these games and either, and then um, get Mayfield going after that. Yep. The, um, OBJ in this game was pretty much a non-factor again. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this game, well, I shouldn't say he's a non-factor. He he was targeted seven times, had two receptions for 20 yards. Yep. But his boy Jarvis Landry had 10 targets with eight receptions for 167 yards. He good. went out at the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but with OBJ, him and Humphreys, the cornerback for Ravens got in a scuffle at one point. OBJ threw a left and a right hook at Humphreys and then did like a sweeping leg kick to take him to the ground. Oh yeah. Live it looked like Humphreys was strangling him and Oh and yeah, it looked like are, he was choking him out right in front of the ref. Yeah, it looked like he was choking him. The, I saw a slow motion video. It looks like he has like a closed fist around his jersey and he's just like pushing it towards his neck. So it lo- and then his other hand is like on the side. So it, from the video I saw, it looked like he wasn't actually strangling him. He was just like shoving him into the ground, and his hands were just in a bad. But definitely live, I was like, "Holy sh! This guy is just straight strangling OBJ on the close to the sideline." Like, uh-huh. it was crazy. Um, Lamar hasn't looked very good though this these past this, these past couple of games and. I don't know. It, like I said at the beginning of the season, like I expected his success to regress a little bit once he started facing uh-huh. these harder teams. But he isn't throwing the same balls he was throwing in those in those first two games. And part of it, I think, like I mentioned last week, Hollywood, I think, is still banged up a little bit. He ha- hasn't been as fast. Mm-hmm. But this this Browns secondary needs some credit. Three out of the four are injured. This is three out of the four are backups. You could not tell in this game. They played the hell out of this game. They their they secondary good. was good. They looked real um, good. I I'm really curious when those three players come back, how many of them will take the starting position. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a fight in a couple of these positions. I think I think their secondary's deep. Yeah, that's the, that's the best type of thing. It's just to keep pushing the players forward. Say okay gotta get better yep so um ravens kind of regressed this week i didn't like their how their defense played i didn't think they played very well they didn't get enough pressure on the browns for as bad as their o-line is um so i'm looking i'm looking for the ravens to 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 bounce back and try and take the take the game away from the browns in cleveland later this season Mm -hmm. um and then going to back to that Tampa Bay game, Jared Goff looked awful. Um, yeah. Now. Yeah, that was bad. Um. I, t- I I talked about our team preseason, and I said that we had a top ten offensive line. Hmm. This week, PFF came out with their rankings. Where do you think the Rams' offensive line ranked? Well, I'm gonna say bottom ten. 
not bottom 10, bottom one. They were ranked 32nd in the really? league. Really? Worse oh, than that no. Cincy team that got crushed by the Steelers. They they have not been great, and I think that's why our running game hasn't been going. Jared Goff has been constantly under pressure, um, which is forcing – he seems to have like a strip sack every week. Um, he just, he just needs to get better at feeling that pressure behind him, um, and just tucking the ball. Um, he did throw 68 passes in this game. And when you throw 68 passes in a game, you are going to have some turnovers most likely, but he had three of them, um, three interceptions and a fumble and missed some open throws and just, I don't know. I, I, I I think the Rams are kind of regretting that 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 contract they offered, just like they're regretting the contract they offered to um, Gurley. Um, yeah. Now to 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 look at this game, so the the Rams unfortunately have a short week this week. They go and play uh, at the Seahawks on Thursday. Um, if you thought this Tampa Bay game was ugly, I honestly think this the Seahawks game is going to be worse. Seahawks aren't a hyper offense team. They're not going to put up a bunch of points, but I don't think the Rams are going to put up very many points in this game unless they can, they can figure things out if they're, unless their offensive line can step the hell up and they can get this running game going because Todd Gurley had five carries in that game against Tampa Bay. Now it should be said they went down 21 points early. Um, and it was just trying to get back. So obviously Jared Goff had 68 passes, so they weren't running the ball very well. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley has some really bad drops this season, though. Um, yeah. The big thing last year was Todd Gurley was dominant in the run game and in the passing game was a true dual threat. He hasn't looked like a threat in the passing game. Most of the snaps, he is just sitting in the pocket as uh, protecting as a blocker, Goff. Technically, like yeah, yeah. like. He he would put in work as a blocker in, in the Tampa Bay game because they were getting thrashed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know where Malcolm Brown has been. They haven't been running as much with him since that first couple games where he was putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. And Daryl Henderson has, I think, two carries all season, yeah. which I think is insane. So, so either Daryl Henderson is just a huge bust – which mm-hmm. I don't believe because they would have dropped him by now because they could have picked somebody else up. Yeah. I am curious if they're trying to put him in a CJ Anderson role where they're just hoping he's fresh at the end of this season for the playoffs. Mm. And they're just hoping that, you know, Todd Gurley might not be able to run very much by then, but Daryl Henderson will be fresh and yeah. he'll be able to run. I don't think that's it. I, don't honestly have any idea why they're not using Daryl Henderson because he was definitely a threat in Memphis. And I think he showed signs of being great in the NFL in the preseason. Um, and so I, I think they need to get the run game started. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big thing for them. Um, so, but again, to preface this game against the Seahawks, Jared Goff is 111 for 173. He has uh, 1,254 yards with six TDs and six interceptions, which is just bad. Um, Wilson has 40 less attempts, 14 less catches, two more touchdowns and six less interceptions, which if you're 
doing the math in your head means he has zero inception interceptions of this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Our defense looked bad in this game against a Buccaneers offense that mind you is probably better than most people think when Jameis Winston is on and he was definitely on, but he's done. He's done better. Yeah. He, he, he looks I think, good now. I think Bruce Arians is, has been doing the work that I expected. Um, yeah. But we got slashed by Chris Godwin. Uh, we shut down Mike Evans. Mike Evans didn't play a major role in this game other than one major catch over Marcus Peters that mm. um, from watching the play, it looked like Marcus Peter looked, thought he had a safety over top. Um, so he sat in on a, on a route and just got beat over, over his head. Mm-hmm. But our defensive line had zero sacks in this game. They didn't get very much pressure. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I said last week that I thought our defense deserved a top three spot. I don't know if they deserved a top ten spot this week. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not very optimistic about this game Thursday. Hopefully they prove me wrong, but um, they just I don't know what's going on. I think they need yeah. to get the run game started. I think their offensive line needs to step it up. And I think Goff needs to step it up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go into my top 10. There's a few more things I want to talk okay. about, but I'll talk about those when we get to those teams. Um, okay. So notably, I don't have the Ravens in my top 10 this week. Um, they didn't look like a top 10 team no. against the Browns. Um, I, they're, they're probably playing around that 12, 11, 13 spot right now. Okay, that's um, fair. I again I think I still have them winning the division. Really? I do. I uh, this loss was was a major blow to that because uh-huh. the Browns are That's... the only one that are, well, I mean the Buccaneers could be competing with them. I don't expect by the end of the season the Buccaneers Wait. to be competing. The Buccaneers to be competing with No. Who? Nope. Nope. I didn't say that. I didn't say the Buccaneers. It's the Bengals. You... There I you go. The Bengals are definitely not going to be competing for this for this uh, division. I don't know how I got those two mixed up. Um, yeah. I, I I still do think that the Ravens are the better team. I do okay. think they win this division. I think um, they just need to get back to running the football early, mm-hmm. and then Lamar needs to get get back into a rhythm. Um, gets get okay. back to throwing deep. Um, to Hollywood Brown because that's how they were beating defenses. They were running, 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 and then all of a sudden here's a 50-yard pass to Hollywood Brown. Um, I think once Mark Andrews gets back to 100%, he was a big part of this offense and him being MIA a little bit as Mm -hmm. hurt. Okay. But uh, starting out, I have number 10, I have the Lions. Um, Okay. The Lions almost beat the Chiefs this week, they made it a very competitive game. They held Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes to zero touchdowns, which hasn't happened That's... in something like 16 games, 17 games, 18 games. So basically, was, whole season. Yeah, he was about to he was about to steal um, Peyton Manning's record for most games in a row with two touchdowns. Wow. And they ended that. So they looked good. Their defense looks good. Honestly, I love Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. 
he likes he's he was obviously he's obviously a defensive mastermind um and then Matthew Stafford has been playing probably the best best year of his career at least in a long while um number number nine number number nine i have the rams um i almost didn't have them in my top 10 okay. i i i I, th- I honestly think that might have been a, a too big of a overreaction Reaction. to this week yeah um but they did let the buccaneers score 55 points on them <laughs> yeah um to be clear they did score 40 points this week which yeah. you know is something i uh, I do still think they're a top 10 team. I think they're too talented to, to not be a top 10 team and they haven't convinced me quite yet that they don't deserve this spot. But if uh, Jared Goff keeps playing the way he does, they, they probably won't be on my top 10 next week. Um, especially if they get spanked by the Seahawks who are my number eight team. Um, yeah. Russell Wilson has looked good. He's made uh Metcalf look good. Um, their defense looks good for the first time since the Legion of boom has left. Um, I still think at the end of the season, it's going to be the Rams winning this division, but the Seahawks are definitely making an argument that they're, that they should be in, in, in contention for that. So, um, number seven, I still have Buffalo. Um, they did lose to the Patriots, but they held the Patriots to 16 points of which seven was off of a blocked punt that was returned into the end zone. So they only scored nine points on offense, which for the Patriots offense is crazy. Um, this defense, like I've been saying since the beginning of the season, is legit. They're going to give every mm-hmm. single team problems, especially once it's cold and people have to go to Buffalo and they're freezing their tuckuses off. It's going to be, they're going to be a good team. Um, the only question mark is Josh Allen and his wide receiver core. Um, I need to see a little bit more from Josh Allen before, but I still think they're going to be f- taking that wild card spot. Um, <clears throat> number six, I have the Packers. Um, the Packers did lose to the Eagles this week. Um, their defense, who is leading the league, I believe, in sacks, had zero sacks. Mm-hmm. Um they didn't have any takeaways, which they led the league in takeaways too, I believe. Um, and they didn't get that much pressure on Carson Wentz. Um, their offense did look good. Um, it was pointed out to me earlier by an Eagles fan that they had eight goal line chances to score a touchdown to tie this game, and they were unable to do so. I pointed out that on those eight plays – they didn't have Jamal Williams, which is their true goal line running back. And they didn't have Devonte Adams for those, um, which is just a big loss. And um, Jimmy Graham had a touchdown, but he decided he forgot that he could use two hands to catch the ball and tried to make a crazy <laughs> one-handed catch and just dropped it like an idiot. Yeah. Um, they play my number five team, the Cowboys this week. Um, so mm-hmm. that'll be a good game. That'll be a game to watch out for. Um, but Dak finally played a good defense and he went back to being the Dak that we saw all last season. Um, he, they held Zeke to 35 yards, which 
any team that can hold Zeke to 35 yards is probably going to win the game. Um, because I don't think without a running game, Dak can win this game or win against a good team. Um, their defense is great. Their offensive line is still one of the best in the league. Um, but the Eagles are at number four, who are the better team. I, I, I think I overreacted a little bit last week by taking them completely out of my top ten um, after one loss to the Falcons, who are a garbage team this year, by the way. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're, 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 they're not going to have a good season. I, I said at the beginning of the season – they might be fighting for their division. They won't be. Um, <laughs> honestly, Kyle Allen is making me think that the Panthers could fight for he this division. Yeah. I honestly think Cam should be done at this point. I think Kyle Allen has looked really good, and they have Will Greer behind him, who I think has a chance mm-hmm. of being a great starting guy, and, I, and Cam just hasn't looked good. Yeah. So I look out forward to seeing them, but the team that's going to win that division – is the Saints at number three. Um, Even without Breeze, they're looking good. Yeah, without Breeze, they went in. I guess they were at home, but they went and beat the Cowboys. who Without touchdowns. Without touchdowns. Yeah. But the Cowboys had so many chances. They lost by two. All they had to do was kick a field goal. This defense... Stop them. It should be pointed out, apparently Amari Cooper has some issues with his feet, and this was killing his route running. But this is coming uh, from Skip Bayless. So doing I that, don't uh, know. the freezing, the uh, cryo, cryo that, chambers. That's what it was. He tried to do the Antonio Brown. Um, Makes sense. Froze his foot off. Um, so and, and, and Michael Gallup, their, their, their speed downfield threat also wasn't in that game. So that might have made a difference. Um, Could be. I mean, I think it does make a difference. It's just a question of how so, how would the Saints have had to have responded. Yeah. Sorry, I should be more clear. That might have been a difference in the outcome of this game. Yeah. They did, the outcome of this game might have been different that, with a different winner yeah. if then. I don't, I, I don't know that that's true, though. Like, the Saints' D has looked good. And you can't use an excuse of Amari Cooper is injured when mm-hmm. ta- Drew Brees is on the sideline. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you got to play with the team that you, 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 you have. Um, you move on. Yep. It, this game is full of injuries. Um, you got to move on. So, Teddy Bridgewater has looked manageable. Again, he mm-hmm. doesn't look like anything spectacular. Um, Good enough to he win. he doesn't need to be. Um, yep. Just like we talked about with Dak and Huntley, Terry Bridgewater has one of the best wide uh, running backs in the league in Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. And he has definitely relied on him, but he's also been passing down the field, which cannot be said for Mason Rudolph before yeah. uh, like I, before this game, he averaged a depth of target of negative one yards. Yep. Um, he did. He did have more than two passes downfield this week. He had, I think, I think he had one that went for ten yards, but the rest were within like the five yard line. I think his average depth of the target is somewhere around two yards now. Um, the Steelers, I'm not impressed with. I think their season is done. I think they should start 
Um, well, they don't even have a first round pick, so like they don't even have anything to tank for. So they're just their season's just done, and they don't have any. They're not going to get anything for it at the end of the season. Um, I had a really hard time with the top two this week. Obviously, I didn't have a tough time with who I was going to place in the top two. I just had an issue of who was going to be number one and who was going to be number two. Mm. Um, I think I'm still going to put the Chiefs at number two. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, if if Patrick Mahomes had had his usual game of a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns and had a convincing win over the, 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 the undefeated Lions... Mm-hmm. They would have definitely taken this number one spot for me, but I, I, I just, I just think that Patriots defense is just too damn good, yeah. and they have Tom Brady. The big thing is their wide receiver core is banged up. Like Edelman is dinged up. Nikhil Harry's get out. Digs. They don't have Brown. Yeah, maybe. I, th- I think they will. I think they're gonna get Digs. Is what's gonna happen. I wouldn't be shocked. I think I think they still have that idea of we almost lost to the Chiefs last year. Their mm-hmm. offense is more potent than us. We need to be able to keep up with them. Yep. So we need we need another threat at wide receiver. Um so yeah, I I would love well, I would not love that. If I was a Patriots fan, if I was cheering for the Patriots, I would love if they picked up Diggs. I think he's being completely underutilized of the Vikings because Kirk Cousin is just ass. Um, mm-hmm. He, I don't think. I honestly think the Vikings. I think the Vikings should have drafted a quarterback this year and last year. But if they don't draft a quarterback next year, I have no idea what they're doing as an organization. I, you're not going to win your division with Kirk Cousins. It's been made very clear. They got spanked by the Chicago Bears after Trubisky left the game injured, mm-hmm. and they they lost to Chase Daniels. Yeah, like I, yeah, I'm I, the fight. It's just not a good team. Yeah, but that's that's it. For, I, that's all I got this week. Um, okay, so. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at OC Bystanders. We'd love to hear from you. We've gotten a few tweets at us this week. Not so much about the podcast, but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. I want to hear anything and everything from you. Yeah. Argue with us about yeah. anything. I mean, bring up an argument. Yeah. About it. I, it doesn't have to be football even. Just argue with us. We love to argue. Or Or football, but not football related. Like, tell me that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the most beautiful mustache in the league. Argue with me that Minshew is better because it's not. But I would love to have that argument. Um, yeah, it's a good one. But anyways, I, I, I look forward to hearing from you guys and uh, see you next week. See ya.